Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains And my orphan heart was given a name My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested and my life began Oh, your grace, so free, washes I'm a prisoner no more My shame was a ransom he faithfully bore He canceled my debt and he called me his friend When death was arrested and my life began Oh, your grace so
Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father of all mercy, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every person that is listening. We thank you for every heart and every mind and soul that is a part of this community of listeners and worshipers and seekers. I pray, Father, that right now your spirit would do work in each of the lives of those who are listening, that they would trust you, know you, and love you, that they would know that they are loved by you and that the God of the universe delights in them. And I pray that they would share the message of the glory and the kingdom of God, the good news that God became king and he is now in charge and we no longer have to fear. I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to edify one another and also glorify you in everything that we say here and that you would calm our hearts before you, humble Um, ourselves and our spirits to know our place and know that we can find ourselves at the foot of the cross, at the empty tomb, and um, surrounding you in your throne in your heavenly kingdom. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, welcome back, guys, to um, another episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. Um, for i want to say a special welcome special hello um we see that there are more of you joining every week um god is doing things through this show and blessing us with more of you um joining the party every week and so i want to say welcome and hello to each and every one of you if you are hearing this i want you to know two things as always you are prayed for you are loved. If you like what you hear, um, tell a friend, tell a phone, tell a neighbor, um, spread the word, tell people it, it helps to spread the word, helps this ministry grow. Welcome back, our uh, our special guest. Um, you, As you probably could tell from the sultry tones at the beginning, um, Seth, from the Fusion podcast is back as a uh, special uh, sultry. I thought you were going to say salty. I wasn't sure where that was going. Oh man, you held that. You held that S out there nice and long. It was yeah. Well, we ha- we haven't gotten to that point that point yet where you've hit salty. <laughs> And, and and this isn't this isn't your show, so I'm not expecting you to be nearly as combative. That's how oh, come on. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so, so um, as a uh, to catch you guys up to speed, if you didn't catch uh, last week's episode, um, the three of us sat down and discussed um, kind of a kind of a, a sequel of sorts to the Advocate Christ episode that we did, and we this is something that has been on our hearts and minds now for the last several months offline um seth and i have had many a conversation 
about the state of the world, about the state of things, and all of that. So I want to start off with a verse that was um, brought to my attention um, in, a, in a very particular context that I had never heard it heard it used before. Okay. And that's Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I heard that in the context of, well, um, there is 100% diversity, but the diversity is still part of the unity that we have in God. Mm. Oh, so like the diversity of, is it like starting with 26 where God says, let us make humankind? Is that? Yeah. Okay. Huh. So looking at everything as humankind rather than, um, you know, I am X in front of God. So I am a, I am a, an Italian um, Christian or I am a black Christian or I am a Mexican Christian or whatever word that you can put in there. Right. This, this, this is one of the things that really has been an anchor for me my entire life. Um, for our listeners who don't know, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm African-American. They can't see or tell or they didn't listen to last episode. And grew up in a Christian home but also grew up with parents who lived, you know, a good part of their lives. How do I want to say pushing back against the prejudice and racism and, you know, um, discrimination that they experienced either in the city or as um, I, my, my dad was born in the forties. My mom was born in the fifties. And so as they were growing up, the civil rights era was really, you know, that was, I mean, that was on, that was on the news. That was on TV. That was, everyone was talking about it. It was reality. It's reality. So growing up in a Christian home where you are proud to be black, I was, I, I think I'm, I'm one of few people um, I can say, who, you know, who really, my parents just, really baked it into us, you know, to be proud to be black, to be proud that black is beautiful, that, you know, our culture, our heritage is important, but they always, you know, being a Christian was first and foremost and preeminent, not even just first, it's, it, it, everything is inside of that. It's like, it's like, it's like a, you know, I don't know what analogy, it's a sphere and there, there's a snow globe, like Christian, like being a Christian is the globe, you know what I mean? Everything else is cool, but the base the the base minimum at at its at its core before anything else is stopped is stacked on top of it is yeah. your relationship with Christ. And that's so that's exactly what I'm saying. And it took me a while to realize that that was actually very rare even in among black Christians that I've grown up with and you know who I love dearly where I know plenty of 
well-meaning people and people who are genuinely followers of Christ, who are African-Americans, yet they struggle mightily in a way that I never really did because it, it was just what we knew and what we, what I was always taught and understood. But people out there struggle mightily, um, especially when you bring up, you know, um, the, the issues of race and discrimination and all of that. They struggle mightily to put, to, to, to look at the world through the lens of Christ first, foremost, as preeminent and as, you know, the foundation and the center of everything that they see versus putting on the, like, it's, it's almost a defense and you kind of, you understand, like, there's this defense of not just black is beautiful, but like, we have to protect ourselves as black people. You know what I mean? And, and Jesus doesn't, it's so interesting because Jesus talks about laying down his life and he lays down his own life, but he doesn't say just, you know, um, and anybody that wants to take something from you, uh, you, you know, don't, don't take care of your family. Don't protect your family. Like, you know, God, God wants us to, to be responsible and to, you know, protect our communities from onslaught that we see happening. But I really, it took me a long time, man, to realize it's not common, even for many, many black Christians. And I say this with all humility and sympathy it's not actually common for for many people to put put their guard down and see the world as Christ sees it. And so what do I mean like by that? And what I mean is when the rubber hits the road and you know things go down, right? Like incidents happen, uh, confrontations with police or whatever it might be. I have seen and witnessed and heard and know and feel for but I'm saddened by many black Christians who take the approach of shunning the community that they want to find fault with. I see many black Christians unable to forgive and to lay down their lives as Christ laid down his life. Romans, what is it? Romans five says, um, you know, while we were still sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it says in first John that God loves us. Um, you know, not, not, we didn't love God first. God loved us first. Right. And so John talks about the great commandment and he talks about the one important thing is that you love God and that you love one another, just like God has loved you, not because other people are lovable, but because you, you are, you are the Jesus, you are the, you know, the body, we are the body of Christ. So I see people struggle mightily with that. And it's interesting that you brought up that point from Genesis, because I definitely see, I definitely, de- I'm, I'm reading it, like skimming it now. And I'm thinking like, yeah, I definitely see that's another, that's another place where it's like being made in the image of God and then ultimately following the capital I image of God, you know, uh, Colossians, Paul talks about the image of the invisible God, Jesus is, you know, we have to at the center and it has to be. It, it, it has to be the, the sphere in, you know, that contains everything. Being a Christian, being a Christ follower, black, Italian, Hispanic, whatever. You like cultural considerations are important. Everyone needs to understand how to sympathize with other cultures and their struggles and all of that. But we can't shut people off. We can't cut people off from the conversation. We can't cut people off from forgiveness. And I've seen a lot of black Christians do that, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I've seen many Christians 
Period. Period, yeah. yeah. Recently. I know that these are topics that we don't necessarily usually talk about. We have always been, I have always been specifically, as somebody that did not grow up in the church, I try to be real real with y'all. I try, to, I try to be straight up about the fact that there is a world outside of the church out there. And it's, it's a real, it can be a real nasty place. It can also be a real good place. But this is all, this is all, these are all things that are impacting God's people and impacting the world as a whole. And so we need, we need to address these things and and be able to have a conversation about things that are uncomfortable because i think that that's part of why there isn't as much uh forward progression towards holistic unity in the spirit because it involves having some tough conversations and some awkward conversations right you know, for for somebody like me, I have you you've heard me say, I've said before, what possibly could I lend to the conversation as somebody who's a 31-year-old white dude? You know what I mean? But the things that you're talking about, the the sniping at each other, the um you know, lack of forgiveness and 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 the disharmony uh, is 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 irrelevant to the uh, to to race and skin color. We said this last week. I have to believe that the church is not reaching its full potential today. I believe that the church can make a much greater difference than it's making right now. I believe the church can do far more than it's doing right now. And if we would restore harmony from within, I believe the church would be able to accomplish those things. Harmony is incredibly important to the church because an absence of harmony hinders the church and goes against what Jesus taught. There were no parameters. There are no parameters to God's love. And we talk about this, you know, if if there are any of you listening that do not know Christ is your savior, then um, shoot us an email if you want to talk about it. If you need to talk, if, if, if you want more information on all this, prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. But for those of us that claim Christ, we play by a different playbook. Read Matthew 5 through 7. It's the handbook. Right. It's the kingdom manifesto. When we have very plainly laid out, hey, This is what we're called to, and it's unfortunate to see how often the church is imploding on itself and fighting with itself and inherently calling this group that group. It doesn't doesn't matter what what side of the fence you're on. If you're talking about a, a particular group of people, be it by race, by skin color, or by occupation, if you're talking about police, or really whatever whatever occupation, but re- relevant to the conversation. Right. Yep. When you start calling people inherently more sinful than, than another group, then you're starting to go against what Jesus himself taught. And when you internalize those thoughts, you are serving a God that does not exist. You are making a God that does not exist. Mm. 
I'm reading, uh, I, I, I scrolled over to Matthew 5. I thought of the passage, blessed, the passage that says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. And, um, you know, peacemaking is, is an activity. It's a, oh, it's like we were talking about last week about unity, Ephesians 4 about, you know, um, what's the, what, what's the, what's the reference? Be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. And we were, and I was talking about that's an activity that's that's active, proactive. That's yes. foreshadowing that there's going to be disunity. The same thing here, uh, Christ says that blessed are the peacemakers, the makers of peace. And we get this hippie Jesus thing, you know, where hey man, blessed are the you know peacemakers, pop pop pass. Like no 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 no, no. <laughs> like right. you know peace, love, and heart and hope, guys. Like it, it, it's 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 not about peace, love, and hope in and of themselves because those things can't come unless unless you have christ and he and the crazy thing about god is he wants to work with christians to be the peacemakers he doesn't say blessed are the people who read the you know who 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 read the books about peacemaking it's like you have to be the peacemaker and he he talks about being salt being salt being light um one of the things you just mentioned ring rings a bell in my head there's an episode of the fusion podcast of which I'm a co-host that has not been released yet. I don't think, I think it might come out next week. Part one uh, is too shout, shout out. If you haven't subscribed yet, you need to go over and subscribe. If podcast. Yeah. If you're into scriptural truth, but with a bit of an edge to it, <laughs> it's totally up your alley. It's, it's so there are six of us, not all on at the same time. Very rarely have we made it on at the same time. But I think I've only ever heard one episode of your show that had all of you together. It's rare, but it's a, it's, it's a hoot. So one of the episodes that we haven't released yet is a conversation Brendan and I had. And what you said a minute ago about it starts from within and restoring and cultivating that harmony, you know, from within the church <clears throat> and there are two groups of people on the podcast and just in general that I speak about and have an opinion about more than anybody. The two groups are Christians and black Christians. Maybe number three is black people in general, but I'm a black Christian. I've been, you know, black all my life. I've been a Christian for most of my life. So one of the things that I really hammered hard in this episode, and it's well worth listening because it's, it's, it's interesting. We had a really interesting conversation. One of the things I hammered hard was look, I'm not going to I'm not going to get somewhere get up somewhere on Facebook or whatever and speak for and tell you know white people the white community what they should do what they have to do to fix the ills of society. Are there people who are white and in the wrong about things? Yes, but every man every man, woman and child is um, you know, is, is inclined to sin. We all have that original sin nature. So what I was speaking of in this these episodes to be released I was saying, look, the black community, and again, black Christians in particular, we have a job to do, which is to be the peacemakers. We have a job to do to be salt and be light. God, you know, Christ, uh, Jamie, our, our former pastor brings this out all the time. Like God, Christ doesn't just say you can become salt and light. He says, if you're in me, you are salt and light. So don't put your light under a bushel. And Within the black community and the black Christian community, especially, I I want if you're listening to this and this this resonates with you or this, you know, you are a black Christian, man, p- 
pick up your cross and ask yourself, how do I love my neighbor as myself, no matter who they are, what, what culture they're from, what, whatever, what, what, like you said, the police thing, let's just, let's just, you know, on our podcast, we don't, we don't hold punches. So, so, so I, I, I'm not going to hold back. Like, let's address that because I have had to have conversations with black Christians and say, your stance on police is sinful. The way that you talk about and fume about police on your social media is not loving like Christ. But you don't know, man. You don't know. Excuse me. I have a fr- I, rest his soul. I have a friend who's who's killed, murdered by a cop. Yeah. Oh, so I haven't told. So I don't carry this story. I'm judging by your face. I haven't told you this story. So I, listen, listeners, I want you to know we're all hearing this story for the first time. So, so I don't carry this. Here's the thing: is I don't tell this story because I don't carry it around as something to throw at people. Because I know black folks who do that, and and like we're if we're in Christ, man, you're forgiven, man. Like you, you, you live and you breathe and you have your life, your new life in the resurrection power that comes from Him. So I don't carry this around and throw at people, and it disappoints me when I see black Christians who do that. But yeah, man. My freshman year of college, I came home from summer for, for a summer break, had a friend with me uh, from school. We were just hanging out, got a text or a phone call that my friend Chris had been killed by a cop. And I'm like, Chris was goofy, but like, what in the world? Come to find out, Chris was just out with some buddies. He, um, I can't remember if it was a sw- like, a, like a sprained ankle or a broken leg or something. He had a cast on and they were just goofing around the neighborhood. Baltimore County, this is Baltimore County, like somewhere in, in the county goofing around, knocking on people's doors, running away, you know, I mean, we're all, you know, he's, he's probably a couple of years younger than me. So he's probably still in high school. Um, I don't, I can't recall now because it, it just, so it's the shock. I can't recall if they knocked on the cop door or if somebody called the cops on them, but the cop chased them. Chris fell or couldn't get away or whatever. The cop strangled him to death, asphyxiated him with his bare hands. Do you think that cop is doing time for that now? Nope. And it's like, as a community, I mean, just the horror and the, oh gosh, man, that's making me really emotional just talking about it. But it was, it's awful, man. It's like, it's like, it's like the, like the most, like, how can you conceive of something worse happening to a person, right? And so this is, I'm not dismissing, and I was trying really hard on our last episode of the podcast that, you know, it's coming up to help people understand i'm not being dismissive because i feel that pain and again i don't but i don't throw it around at people because you know because i want them to feel the same pain i i i tell that story very intentionally and i tell it to say if that cop accepts jesus christ as his savior he's a brother to me that hurts like that, that, that 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 hurts man there are no limitations and, and it's easy to make jokes about the, the annoying person at work or like the, the, the small, the person in traffic, the small scale version of this. Mm. Jesus, the benchmark, took Paul, who mm. was Saul, mm. killer mm. of Christians, and turned him into one of the foremost biblical figures of the early church let that sink in for a second mm. he was snatching people up out of their homes man yeah he wasn't just he wasn't just 
carrying on public things. He he literally went around. Imagine you just you have your faith, your beliefs, and somebody just comes out of your house and snatches you up. We've talked about. You've heard Edgar and I talk talk about it. We we are we are very open on this show about the fact that just because we are on this side of the microphone does not mean that we've got this whole thing figured out hmm. by any means. And so we still struggle with this too, where we want our own worldly version of justice. But but Jesus stepped in and said, whoa, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. Doesn't matter what your occupation is. Doesn't matter what you do. If you have that conversion moment, you are part of the family. You are reconciled to God. Hmm. And I understand that for some people, that is a hard pill to swallow because uh, there are people that look at other groups of people and say, you are not a good person. You do not deserve this. I am a good person. I deserve this. Guys, I want you to look at human history for a minute. There are so many countless examples, even past the Holocaust. That's the one that most people jump to is, is the Holocaust as the example of human depravity. Mm -hmm. But human depravity exists every single day, all the time. We, we, the, the auto switch is to self-rule. The auto switch is to sin. That's just the truth of the matter. We, we sometimes read out of the ERV, the easy to read version that's made for the deaf community. Um, much lower vocabulary. And so it really cuts out a lot of the needless complication that tends to exist. And so I want to read the same set of scripture that we read last week mm -hmm. out of the ERV version. So as a prisoner for the Lord, I beg you to live the way God's people should live because he chose you to be his. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient and accept each other in love. You are joined together with peace through the Spirit. Do all you can to continue as you are, letting peace hold you together. There is one body and one Spirit, and God chose you to have one hope. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is one God and Father of us all who rules over all. He works through all of us and in all of us. I want to point out something, something specific about that set of scripture, and it's universal for whatever translation you're listening or whatever translation you're reading. Unity of the Spirit. Spirit's capitalized. It refers to a unity provided by the Holy Spirit. It's a unity that we can never produce. We are never even asked to do so. Here's what unity is not. Unity is not a spirit of friendliness. It's not camaraderie. It doesn't mean that you're going to hang out with everybody all the time. It's a result of God's presence and the Holy Spirit in each one of us. We are interconnected and networked together in a very real way. There can be no Christian unity unless it's based on the teachings of Christ. 
since Christian unity is a result of God's work in us, not our work, it is not something that we are to aim for for work's sake. Hmm. The last several months, the ridiculousness that has been 2020 has brought to light so many things. And there is a serious lack in the world because of a lack of unity and intimacy with God. There, there's all of these man-made gimmicks that people put on faith. Oh, if you don't read the King James Version, then, then, you're, then you're a heathen. There's a running joke on the show that I like to take my scripture without Shakespeare thinks. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, or it's if you, if you do this or if you don't, li- if you listen to anything but Christian music, then you're a heathen. If you get up and dance or do spiritual gifts or any of that kind of stuff, then you must be of the devil. And things like social media, things like podcasts, they perpetuate, they, they allow for these, for these echo chambers to be able to put this stuff out because social media has taught an entire generation that just because you have an account, then you are the most important voice oh, in your world. Yeah, dude. And so Christ's love supersedes all of that. Everything else, sin is a disruptive force. It will divide a man on himself. It will divide the, 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 a community of people. It's what sin is. Look at the reality of the world. Church, it is time for us to step up. Hear these words as a rallying cry, church. If you hear this and you proclaim God, then you need to be bathing this world in prayer. Not praying against your fellow man, but praying for them. Even if they do a thing that you don't necessarily agree with, we are in a holy and privileged place to be able to bathe this world in prayer. And the thing about unity is there's diversity in unity, not uniform, not a uniformity. We are not robots. We, I, I said last week that the thing about our the thing about our relationship with God is it's not forced because a loving relationship can't be forced. Right. That's not an actual organic relationship. The parts, they don't look alike. Look at your body, right? You've got, yes, you've got two eyes, you've got two hands, they look alike, but the foot doesn't look like the hand. The nose doesn't look like the eyebrow. They don't function alike, yet they're all important, all needed, and all interdependent. And they all work towards the same end, or at least should be. The purposes for which each member was designed in the function of the body as directed by the head and in accord in accord with the creative purpose of God. Hmm. When you look back at Ephesians, Paul spends 
part of chapter 3, before the part that we read about, teaching about how to pray. Then right on the heels of that is the subject of unity. It takes our involvement and submission to the cross to do our part to exhibit this unity. It takes prayer, prayer for each other. Like we talked about in the prayer experiment episode, prayer is more than a grocery list. It's more than the cosmic grocery list. It's open dialogue with God. It's involving God in our lives. And it's a privileged and holy place to be able to have that interaction with God. Because here's the thing. If our fellowship, if our representation to the world looks more like strife, unforgiveness, superiority complexes, and hard-heartedness, we have no hope of living out those prayers. It's impossible to really pray for and to serve each other if we are at each other's throats or looking down on one another the whole time. When I had Joe on the Fusion podcast, I got to find that episode number so people can go immediately find it, but it's just called Meet Joe. We talked about, I was talking about Ephesians 6. So you were talking about praying in the spirit from Ephesians 3 to 4 and connecting that to unity in the spirit. In Ephesians 6, you get the very famous armor of God passage. And for some of you, this is probably very familiar. For others of you, it may not be. But real quick, I'll sum up. If you start Ephesians 6, uh, 12, Paul says, Our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh but against the rulers, authorities, and the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And that, first off, lets you know when you look at someone and you hate them in your heart, you might not say it out loud, but for whatever they may have done or for whatever their group may have done or whatever you think that they may have done. Or however they look or whatever they do for a living. When you in your heart hate that person, first off, You know, Christ calls that murder in Matthew 5 to look at your brother and be angry with him and and hate your brother. Um, But secondly, you have to recognize even if that person has done something wrong, that that's a spirit of darkness and um, a force of evil that is at play. Not that the person is not responsible for their decisions, their actions, but behind that responsibility that the the activating force behind that evil thing that that cop did. is 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 a force of evil and who else to combat the force of evil than than god himself right so he says the ultimate good the only one who is truly 100 percent just how do we even have an idea of what justice is because god even in our even in our sin state we still the average person on the street knows if you steal something from them bro you got to give that back (laughs) so we get that from God. So Paul in 6.13 says, take up the whole armor of God. You have the belt of truth. You have the breastplate of righteousness. You have uh, the shoes on your feet uh, making ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. Is that peacemaking again? The shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then it, uh, 18, chapter 6, verse 18, Paul says, pray in the spirit, capital S, at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. And it's like, man, there's so, like, 
I could think of so many ways if you told me, hey, you got to chart, you got to tell people, you got to get people fired up about their faith and you got to tell them to arm themselves, right? Everyone right now is so ready to arm themselves for one reason or another. On one side of the political aisle or the other, people are arming themselves and ready to combat. Exactly. And it's not even just about race. It's about right. like, you know, if you're a Republican, then you must be a gun-toting murderer. Right. If you're a Democrat, you must be a free-loving hippie right. and whatever <laughs> like that. And there, there's these, there, it's, it's this, they become synonymous with, with one another. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's only one superior and that's God. Right. Right. We are all less than God. Right. Right. And so what better way for Paul to sum up what he has just told them, you know, he's talking about putting on this, the whole armor and the force against um, spiritual darkness, the fight against spiritual darkness and not against flesh and blood. And man, we, we talked about this last week too, just driving God just drives home the how how can I strongly say it in as few words as possible the absolutely crucial place that prayer has to play in the life of the church um, pray in the spirit at all times as you armor up against the forces of darkness that are all around us like you said like I think I think I think one thing that American Christians really struggle with and, and those of us who are particularly, you know, more when I say affluent, I mean, compared to the third world, uh, you know, most most Americans are affluent compared to third world people. One of the things that we really struggle with in 2020 is that the bubble has been popped. We can be sickened and killed by pandemics. We our cities can be aflame in mass across the country Um I think for a lot of people, the bubble has been burst and people are so ready to arm up and to fight for or against Lord knows what. But but again, man, like, how are you going to take to the battlefield against the forces, spiritual forces of evil? How are you going to take your literal AK-47 or how are you going to take your, you know, um, your arm yourself with your words on Twitter or Facebook to to put down and destroy people. How are you going to do that? Like this, I know this sounds crazy to a lot of people. Again, if someone someone did murder my friend, that happened, and it it to say it's like sucks is like, I mean, understatement. The understatement of the world. Yeah. But again, that. If I am to combat that with the spirit of bitterness and rage against everyone who puts on the blue uniform, I am no better. Where does that hate go? It just festers inside me. Like this makes so much sense, even though the kingdom of God is so counterintuitive to human nature, but it it's both, it's for the heart. Like this hits you at the core of your being emotionally and, you know, spiritually, but logically, there is no other way to peace in this world. There is no other way for the church than to be right. the most loving, radically forgiving, reconciliatory people that this world has ever seen. There's no other way because violence will just beget violence. Christ says, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Blessed yeah. are you, uh, if you if you are persecuted. Um, he says, blessed are you if you revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account 
on his account. You got to say, okay, well, well, you know, how do we learn what Jesus account is? Read what he said, read what he did. That's his account. Like, so there is logically an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, right? right? Like there is no, but every time we take to social media, every time we, we harbor bitterness and hate within our hearts, even just silently, it's that silent stuff. That's the killer, man. It's that thing you, you don't say, and you don't, you know, but it's just sitting there, um, you know, at the, at the family dinner table or, or, or at the park when you see people whatever like when you harbor bitterness in your heart and you let that live there and take root man it's the cancer that will destroy 100% and it's done it to the church and that's the and that's what you're trying to get that's what you're getting at one of the aspects of what you're getting at is the church when 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 you say the church can do better it's not because there's not a special program that's not happening that you wish you know it's not that we right. wish more blue bearded people would be you know accepted although you know that might not be a bad thing either um <laughs> because conservative churches tend to shun people with blue beards but whatever oh, yeah. okay but but it's because we have the weapons yeah yeah and that, right? <laughs> between the pandemic between everything going on and that's not, it's not a the election thing. year. Yeah, the election year. <laughs> it is, and it's not about. Could you have worst. concocted a worse year? I oh. mean, I mean, I mean, I guess you could, but, but like. It's, it's like, it's like out of a movie. Like, it's the, the opportunity. You're right. The opportunity is yeah. so ripe. If we are, if we are nothing but at each other's throats and, and our house is not in order, what does that say to everybody that does not take the name of Christ? If we can't get our own stuff straight, then what does that say to everybody else? You know what I mean? Christ says, they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Yeah. Not by your political stance, not by your economic position, right. not by your, your, you know, and again, like I know, you know, I hope no one misunderstands taking stance for things. There are really things happening in our world, in our country that are not of God. There are unborn humans murdered by the thousands every, you know, every day, every, every, every waking feels like every waking minute in this country. Yeah. So don't misunderstand and say, I'm not taking, I'm not saying don't take a stand on anything. I'm simply saying, if you make your position on things, a barrier for people to know that you are a disciple of Christ and how Jesus says, how will they know you are my disciples? that you love one another as I have loved you. Right. We've seen so many representations of that turned into hateful statements that, oh, this person is just sinful. And so, you know, God hates this or God hates that. Okay. God accepts everybody, but not everything. And that's part of what I try to bring to this show. As somebody who lived an entire life apart from Christ, who lived an entire life not as a Christian, not playing by this playbook. You know, for those of you that lived a life apart from Christ, I have a feeling that this, this concept might resonate a little bit deeper with you. But even for those, for those of you listening that spent your entire life in the church, had a strong Christian upbringing, you still have, re again, read Matthew 5 through 7. Read the kingdom value system because it's incredibly different. And that same 
level of reconciliation is shown to each and every one of us. Every single person without limitation. And we are called to that exact same position as Christ's ambassadors here on earth. And that's, that is what matters. And so as we start to wind down here, I want to emphasize a particular point. Prayer. Prayer is a subject that I honestly, over the last year, God has been um, really unveiling what prayer means mm. to me yep. in a major way. And it is the necessity of life for us to take up our positions as prayer warriors and interceding on the world's behalf. Mm. That is crucial. It's not just something that happens before meals. It's not just something that happens on church services. It is daily. It is communication with God. It is communion with God. Because guys, as you hear us talk about all the time on the show, there is a serious lack of intimacy being taught from the pulpit. There is a serious lack of intimacy in the modern church. And that is incredibly important. We serve a God that does not seek to hold back from us. Mm. And so we, he, he welcomes us and seeks that relationship. He loved us first. And so it is our, it is our position to grow in that intimacy, just like you would with a friend here on earth. You know, how do you get to know somebody? You talk to them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with God. That doesn't change. So, And I, and I think, here's another funny thing. Um, God brought to my attention, oh, a few weeks ago, I don't know what it was. I think I was reading, you know, Psalm 119. It's like that super long, like really, really long collection. But it's all about how amazing the word of God is. And, you know, God brought to mind the the relationship with my wife when we were still dating. Um, Beth was living in Maine. I was living here. So it was like a nine-hour drive. I was, I mean, I was broke. I mean, I was like broke broke (laughs) and we would like exchange letters like we talk you know every week or something like that and like the 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 letter exchanging was the thing was like hanging on the words of someone that you love and you're trying to get to know in a deep personal way just like just waiting for that next word and god was like so are you still waiting on my word like that or what (laughs) and it's like and it's like you know that's nice. Oh wow, God, like, sheesh. Like, I was just sitting, you know, I'm sitting having my cup of coffee in the morning, you know, doing my thing. And he just like hit me with it. And I was like, okay, so we're going there today. <laughs> we're just going to go. And it was such a beautiful, it's so beautiful. And you just read Psalm 119. I mean, um, you know, it's going to pull it up like real fast. But like, just talking about how, I forget which Psalm it is, where it says that, you know, the word of God is sweeter than honey on the honeycomb. Um, and it's like, 
you know, it's so hard for Americans because everything is like sugar overdosed or whatever. But like, man, when you live in, in the ancient Near East and like you don't get you don't just get honey, just go grow right. a grocery store. I mean, you you know what I mean? Like, Think about that. Um, so what you're saying is not should it just can't be lost on people. And every day, every day it's a battle for me because I, I think God has blessed me and that I'm a worker. I just like I just go out and try to do stuff and do stuff. But man, so many times over the years, he's been like, you got to be still, dude. You got like, we got to talk, you know what yeah. I mean? And, um, but just, just that he just brought to my mind a few weeks ago. Remember, like, remember when you used to write letters to your wife? Yeah, God. Yeah, that was awesome. That was Dobby waiting, you know, for the mail to come in. Okay. So how you, you feel that way about me? It's like, oh, oh. oh. And like, you know, I'm, I, you know, you know, my library, you've seen my bookshelves, you know, I got a basically philosophy 201 class, you know, behind me. <laughs> and it's like, you know, all this head knowledge is great, but it's like, I was like, so do you still wait on the word? Like, do you still love my word right. like that? Right. Uh, ta- waiting to talk to me, excited to talk to me. And I'm like, right. <sighs> <laughs> I want to leave you guys with um, a few words of encouragement okay um it's some song lyrics from a song that i just recently uh just today actually was introduced to um and i and i want them to ring for you if you know if you know christ this is reality okay oh your grace your grace so free washes over me you've made me new now life begins with you It's your endless love pouring down on us. You've made us new. Now life begins with you. Oh, we're free, free, forever we're free. Come join the song of all the redeemed. That's everybody. That's everybody that's called called Christ Savior. We are free from the shackles of sin. We are free from the bondage of sin. Now it is our responsibility to live in that freedom place. And that freedom place dictates that we get to have a privileged position of being the ambassadors for Christ and interceding on the world's behalf because it is God that is the unity. I understand that we look, we all, we, there are so many of us that look different, different sizes, shapes, colors, everything in between different cultures, but there's a unifying force and a unity in that diversity. And that is what matters most. Equality in this world is good. Unity in Christ is great. Go ahead and remind people where they can find you. You can find me and my five other wonderful co-hosts. Just trying to think of another uh, adjective to put in there, but I'll just leave it at wonderful. <laughs> at the Fusion Podcast, that is the F-U-S-I-O-N, capital letters. Fusion is capital letters podcast. I mentioned last week. There are a lot of fusion podcasts out there. I didn't come with a name, you know, so you can blame the head guy about that. Uh, uh, my brother, great brother in the Lord, Brendan Saunders, former youth pastor. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, 
etc. We are, I believe, on all the major podcast platforms. And if you cannot find us, let me nor Joe know, and we'll make sure that you can. But I've never heard anyone who couldn't, you know, couldn't find us one way or another. Um, so the Fusion Podcast, join us. Faith, faith gets real on on that channel. So love it if you join. All right. So as always, be blessed, love each other, be the church, and we'll catch you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk Community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.